Hello, hello, and welcome to Season 6, Episode 24 of the OdaFest Podcast. If this was your favorite anime, this would be the final episode. But this isn't anime, and this isn't the final episode. And with me on this non-final episode, I have Jay and Nancy. I'm Jay! I'm Jay. I'll... I'll be I'm dead before I let you take that title from me. I am Spartacus. Is it a title if it's a given name? Yeah. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> the, hmm. A name is a title. When is a title of, I mean, not titles a name? Are given. <laughs> hmm. Was your name not given to you? Did you have to scavenge it? <laughs> but at what point do you give yourself titles and names? The moment you want to. Uh, when you're when European nobility. Mm. European? Must be fun being nobility. I mean, yes. Or like if you just feel, sometimes it's just a feeling uh, when you get a title. It's like, I am Angelo, drinker of beers and watcher of enemies. Ooh, I, I am like here to vibrate my vocal cords. In that for way, you. I've had like. I guess a lot of nicknames that you could nicknames are titles. They sort of confer a certain level of uh, notoriety or essence upon your being. What was your nickname in high school? Uh, I didn't have a specific nickname in high school, but from other places I've had like. Uh, do you get like a radio call sign at work? Yes, I do, but I. No, no. Do you, do you get on the CB and you're like, break one nine, break one nine. We got a child that comes down the hallway. J. Take him out. Damn. Get down, Mr. President. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, I don't know. I've had some weird ones. I've had some weird titles bequeathed upon me that aren't just like weird in-game things. But like, what was it? I don't know why, but there was one where it was like, the idea of Viking. Or... Idea yeah. Viking. Uh, is it because you plunder and pillage the ideas of others? Uh, nothing is original. <laughs> After all. And there's something to do with an uh, with a cupcake, but I can't remember what it was. Huh. Now I really want to know what that but one is. But I think is. the source of it was that day I wanted a cupcake, and I expressed it thoroughly, and someone gave me a title relating to a cupcake, but I can't remember what it is. Exactly. How did you express thoroughly? I was incessantly demanding a cupcake. Oh. I, Jay, the Viking of Devourer ideas, of demand, cups. demand a cupcake. I state if I do verily not have a cupcake, that I require that a I cupcake. Although my current kind of fixation right now in like COVID times is uh, I would like a cinnamon bun, like a good cinnamon bun. But I don't What defines don't a good cinnamon bun for you? One which is tasty? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, some people have very, like, discerning taste. Like, you know, some people are very much the must-have cream soft. cheese icing. Has to be... I don't know about... I don't know about cream cheese. It just needs to have icing. Well, okay. So I'm just, I'm just telling remember. you what I've heard. So some people require cream cheese icing. Some people require straight icing, no cream cheese. Um, but the kind of icing oh, made Oh, cream cheese milk. icing is way better than regular icing. I'm good with either. Like it's not even. I a just contest. like it, it's the texture. It's the <laughs> I'm texture. I'm not a cream cheese fan, so I actually don't like cream cheese icing. Texture very of much. the bun itself, 
More for me. Uh, more for a, you. A good amount of cinnamon sugar. A uh, should be warm. Served warm would be nice. Uh, uh-huh. I don't mind raisins, just for a textural change. Oh, uh, interesting. Don't really care for walnuts that much, but if they're there, I won't really complain. Just I don't know if it really adds anything for me. And yeah, that would be nice. But like I said, like I want a good one. I could go to a Timmy's, but I don't want to go to a Timmy's for one, you know? The cinnamon buns at Timmy's are disappointing. <laughs> Let's not go go down that path. Yeah, of I, I I want a cinnamon bun like once every five years is what it feels like. So you're coming up on your fifth year away from cinnamon buns? Maybe, I don't know. Maybe. I can't remember if it was last winter, like late Christmas like late uh 2019 or early 2020 me and dio were out in a mall and uh, remember when you could still go to those no and uh, we walked past a cinnabon Mm. and the smell just like filled absolutely filled the hallways of the mall Mm -hmm. normally they and i was like man i could totally totally go for one of those right now did you let me just double check uh, how many calories that is. So I whipped up my phone. Oh no, that's a mistake. And I was like, "How how many calories you're are in never a cinnamon cinnamon roll?" Yeah, you're never eating one. Ever. And it was like 600 calories, and I was like, "That's well, that's that's a lot, but no, that's kind of reasonable for what it is." And then it said serving size like one quarter right. of a bun, <laughs> and I was like, "Wait, what the fuck?" There's another thing about cinnamon buns. Uh, well, specifically, you mentioned like. Cinnabon, which we don't have. I say those numbers. We don't I can't have Cinnabon. We have Cinzio, just... but the point still stands. I do not understand how a Cinzio exists in malls. So, like, okay, let me let me let me let me, let me set up this premise. Cinzio is a for people who don't know for some reason is a cinnamon bun bakery that also happens to sell like I think average tasting coffee. And what they, their whole, you know, their whole menu is essentially cinnamon bun centric uh, types of, of goods, right? So they have cinnamon twists, they have mini cinnamon buns, they have standard size cinnamon buns, and I'm sure maybe a couple other things that don't really matter because that's not really their major marketing. Anyway, I don't understand how they exist, not because I don't think they're good, but because A, cinnamon buns are fairly cheap. Like, you, you, you sell one, you sell a box, whatever. Someone's not giving up more than 10, 15 bucks at the very most. Number two, I don't know anyone who goes for cinnamon buns that hard. I don't know anyone who says, I need a cinnamon, I like a cinnamon bun every week or every month. It's not like French fries or something like that, where someone would more likely have that kind of fast food, that kind of indulgence several times a month versus cinnamon buns. I just don't know anyone who does that. Number three, Cinzio is only found in malls. Malls rent is not cheap. I do not understand how they pay their people, how they pay the rent, and for the, while the food is cheap to make, and there, I, I, I can postulate that there is like a high amount of uh, uh, profit to be made off of each order, I don't think it's a high enough net profit, and it doesn't make sense to me. So... 
I have a theory about that, actually. The theory is that no one ever thinks about specifically going out of their way to get cinnamon buns, but when you're in a mall and you smell it, it makes you want one. So it's one of those things where it appeals to passers-by. It doesn't appeal specifically to people who are like, I'm going to go out and get a Starbucks today, or I'm going to go out and get an XYZ today. What happened to me where I smelled it and I was like, Jesus Christ, I want that so yeah, bad that, right now. Exactly that, that is reaction. their business I get practice. That. But here yeah. again, also I did, just looked did it up. Angelo, Angela, did you buy a hundred cinnamon buns? Did you buy fifty cinnamon buns? Did you even buy twenty dollars worth of cinnamon buns? Like I said, I was absolutely going to buy two cinnamon buns, one That's for me, maybe one for ten dollars. Maybe four to bring some home. Like and you, uh until I looked it up, and I actually just looked it up. Uh so it is 420 calories, which sounds really normal. This is very reasonable. Serving size, half a roll. Who the fuck eats half right. a cinnamon roll? But that's not, no but that's not my Seriously. point. You my no point one. is that, so unlike a Starbucks, for example, where there's like regular customers on the daily, uh, cinnamon, bu- cinnamon bun stores such as Cinnamon or Cinzio don't really fall into that category. Number two, I've never seen a rush at Cinnamon uh, during a lunch hour, like I've worked retail in malls, I've been around the the Cinzio areas, never seen a rush, never seen people waiting, never seen anything that would resemble steady business. I don't understand. Uh, the, the 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 like, I do not. Get I feel it. like every time I walk by one, I see two or three people in line. Yeah, I'd say. No, I'd say I see like you I know a handful of people. No, nope. but but also it's. It's pandemic. People aren't going to malls as much anyway. I'm not talking about pandemic. I'm not talking about pandemic times. I'm talking about, like, all time. The Cinnabon places are unique in that they're the kind of food, they're the kind of mall food, that no matter what time of day it is, you can expect to see someone there. Like, you walk by the New York Fries or Taco Bell or something, and people are not going to be there. But, like, Cinnabon place at, like, 7 30 in the evening nope and nope. so yeah yeah look at that there's, there's like two people i there. will also say that i often see like the big dozens that are bought for either like just to give to teammates at work you know back in the day when you actually saw your teammates um or as like that thing that everyone brings to the office to share anytime around christmas or in cold weather that's just it's just a thing it happens a lot in the office. I can get that with like Timbits or donuts. I've never, I've literally never had anyone bring in cinnamon buns to so a that, place that I've that worked. That makes me ever. think of something. So Jay, your your postulate is that despite these being an obviously valuable and desirable thing, people don't often think about that. I don't know anyone who's a, like I've it. never known in the times that I've worked in malls way back when. During retail, like what I just, if? I've never heard of someone. Hold on, Jay, what if? Never have I ever heard of somebody who was sort of like, I'm a regular at a cinnamon bun place where I'm a regular for the coffee. Never see their coffee cups. I'm a regular for their food. Barely ever see those. I'm not saying that they don't get business. They obviously get business. So if you're going to try and argue that to me, that's not the point at all. No, no. What if I've got a different business model for you? What if, for $120 a year, I could get you a Cinnamon Bun subscription? I wouldn't want that. No? no I really wouldn't. No. no? 
I told you, I have it well, once. What if you spent it on did Xbox not, Live? Did you not hear the point about having it once I'm every five years? I'm trying to segue to a different you topic. You can't have it. <laughs> I will die on this hill. <laughs> on the topic of gaming, I believe there have been a couple of uh, news items this week. So can you guys believe that Gaben came out and said that Valve is actually working on multiple games? I feel like I don't believe that. Same. I don't fucking believe it for a second. I'll believe it when I see it, Gabe. Gabe's like, surprise, I already have your money. <laughs> he does. Your, your bank I mean, account yeah, is literally in my name. Like, Valve, for the longest time, they were the sweetheart of the of the gaming uh, scene. Like, you could look at, like, EA and be like, oh, they're the scummiest gaming company. Or you could be like, oh, Activision, they're they're not that great, and, and EA's really digging their... And you could look at Ubisoft and be like, wow, wow, fuck Ubisoft, what the fuck? And you could look at Bethesda, and Bethesda was like, here's the Fallout 76. Mm-hmm. Of course, by that point in time... I'm gonna put it out there... Valve wasn't looking any better than Bethesda. I'm gonna put it out there that the- I did not expect Valve to announce that they're making any more games, period. Same. Like... But like, and, like, not uh, that they don't make good games. Obviously, they make Alex and stuff, and and that's the that's sort of the direction that they're heading into. Apparently, they want to make some single player stuff. For the most stuff. part, Valve games have yeah. been consistently excellent quality. Artifact, be damned. I think, I think again, the art. I don't know what they were smoking when they came up with Artifact. It's just, but for like, the most part, Valve games they, they, they are good. They were at a point where like everyone expected them more or less to get out of the game dev uh, business, essentially, because they just made so much money off of Steam as a distribution service. Um, Obviously, 3 had hiccups that caused its failure. Alex was a revelation. There's no way. But not really the same thing as what people were expecting. Like, it's, it's a really good game. I never played it, but I know enough that it's, you know, very enjoyable, even though I still have some of like personal grapes from not playing, um, but I would say that yeah, it comes as a surprise as a whole. But if they end up making some interesting stuff, I'm not gonna say no. I'm just curious as to how dedicated they are to these projects. Like, are they are they willing to really follow through, or are they will they be like? Yeah, well, at the end of the day, if we don't make it, we're still making millions of dollars a year. So that's great. Valve has consistently been fairly good, uh, even for on consumer uh, consumer rights. Mm. Like sometimes they really have to get their arm twisted about it, like from Australia and the EU for uh, digital refunds. But the fact that it exists at all now, thanks, Valve. I hope other companies do that, too. Mm. Uh, the fact that graphics drivers on Linux are at all acceptable. Yeah, thanks, Valve. That's very mm. good. You legitimately led the charge on that. The fact Which that, I really appreciate. That, that VR isn't only owned by Facebook. The fact that they invested enough to actually make competing headsets uh and products and and like frameworks for it yeah vr is good 
kind of because of Valve. I... But at the same time, it's like, Valve, I don't know. Do something that... that Honestly, this is the the sentiment of most of the gaming community. Valve, do something that we care yeah, about. Yeah, the I, I actually re- another thing that I actually like about game distribution companies in general, like, uh, well, I say in general, but like GOG and Steam are pretty good for it. Is that they bring back and make it compatible to play old classics, such as they can. I recently played the original Day of Defeat which is a Half-Life mod. Wow. Because uh, a friend wanted to play for his birthday. It was a great game. Wait, the original David yeah. Defeat? Like the that the, the actual, like the gold source yes, version? Yes. Wow. It was, it was $5 <laughs> still. Which wow. Was, uh, still? You know, I feel a little bit upset about that for some reason. I'm pretty sure that's like 50 cents on the Steam. I was like, it should be free at this point almost, but whatever. But... It was still fun, and I can tell you that probably without it being distributed on a major platform such as Steam, I probably would not have been able to play without compatibility issues. Even though Fair. Windows is, you know, fairly compatibility friendly, we're talking about a game Honestly, that's last like time I wanted to play five PUBG. years old or something. Yeah. Last time I wanted to play PUBG, I had freaking compatibility yeah, issues. Yeah, but that's PUBG. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, I'm, like, like I said, I'm thoroughly surprised by the announcement. I like it's a pleasant surprise, but we'll see. We'll have to hold reserve judgment until it actually comes along. The thing is, I don't think I can ever actually hate Valve, uh, because like I was saying, they've done consistently good things. Generally, uh, yeah. It's just that in the case of Linux, that's like, realistically for Valve, for Steam on Linux, that's 1% of the ecosystem. Less than that, actually. Uh, for VR headsets, it's just as niche. Like, Valve has to do something for for people to actually care. Like, Portal 3. Mm-hmm. Team Fortress 3. Left for Dead 3. Out. Like, if they start counting to threes... They'll make the billions. Or... or, or let, you don't even have to count to three, Valve. Just come up with a catchy title. You could be like Left for Dead Forever, or uh, or Team Fortress Forever, mm-hmm. or Duke Nukem Forever. No, <laughs> no, not that one. But yeah, I think it'll be interesting. Uh, another thing, talking about like game distributors, uh, in a manner of speaking, um, Xbox Live raised their price to double uh, for their live goal uh, Xbox live gold uh, subscriptions and then they came back down to the regular price the, the non-double price because they got a were lot were they expecting of sony to follow suit i don't know why the original decision was made other than the fact that it's pretty obvious that they're trying to push the xbox game pass stuff um as like as, as, a, as a very viable service which it already is but i don't know why they thought doubling xbox live gold subscriptions were going to be a good thing in the eyes of any consumer or like i do not get it i don't understand the business i mean the existence of xbox live uh gold like the subscription is not a good in the eyes of any consumer just just the fact that you have to pay anything at all to use the internet that you already pay for i mean that's a point i've made several times yes 
Yes. I pay for the internet. Don't you dare make me pay for my internet again. If you do, I will find a different service. It's pretty easy. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So when it comes to things like inflation, what is an acceptable rate hike for you guys? Like for uh, any service that you currently subscribe to, what is an acceptable like, oh, this year they're raising it by X It depends on when, when the last time they raised it was. Let's say like every every three, four years. I don't. A, a lot of people use the inflation argument on video games to being like, why are video games still $60 US? Uh, why hasn't Xbox Live increased in price? Uh, this, that, and the other thing. And the reality is when it comes to like video games, realistically, most of their development budget is marketing. Uh, mm-hmm. When you have more users, the costs don't scale linearly and mm-hmm. over time the cost of infrastructure does go down uh so when you have the economies of scales because the amount of people playing video games today is much 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 larger than the amount of people playing video games 20 years ago even 10 years ago like video games are legitimately the largest entertainment sector it's bigger than hollywood it's bigger than tv you do not have more customers than you do in gaming And so for the cost of a digital download code, they have another customer that like they make their game, they make their product, and then they just have to make enough sales to recoup their investment. Mm -hmm. And everything after that is pure profit. So inflation, while it can eventually be factored into it, the reality is the price per user to the company has gone down. The, the the profit per user should have gone up over the last twenty years. It depends on how they handle the back end, obviously. Like with staff and having to pay salaries out and then actual profitability. And infrastructure upgrades are always expensive. They of course are, they are, but that's part of the cost are, of doing business. But I don't it's hard to argue whether that's like that that argument is is possible for microsoft where they are their scale is so large that yes like it's like cost scales but it also scales down because of size because of size no i don't think i don't think you understand my point my point is that when you hire people to do your infrastructure upgrade if you need to re-architect the entire server side backend i'm not saying you have to change code i mean you have to re-architect the actual infrastructure that backs everything that you're serving to people that costs a lot of time and money absolutely yeah i don't doubt that we're actually going through that at work right now uh but the interesting thing is like if you have a 10 year old or 15 year old uh system like architecture like even at the data center we have had multiple multiple racks of of infrastructure and equipment scaled down to one or two appliances. Like, that's the difference that 10 years has made. Uh, Mm -hmm. Before, like 10 years ago, you were lucky if you were getting 12 cores with hyper-threading in a single box. Now that's child's play. You can get that in a fucking Mac Mini. Uh, You can get dual socket 120 cores in a single box. You could virtualize an entire operation in a single did, box now. Did you migrate all of the things that were running on those racks to those boxes? Oh, we've still got Pentium 3 boxes hanging around. 
Oh. Hell yeah. Wow, that takes me back. Pentium 3s. Like, that's that's the thing. Every time one of these really old servers uh, dies, basically, our infrastructure team has already taken the disks. They've already imaged the disks remotely. And they have them sitting, ready to be spun up in a virtual machine. That sounds about right. Yeah. Like, it's just, wow, that... Uh, the the raid battery in that one's died again, again. You know what? That thing is fifteen years old, twenty years old. Just just unplug it. Uh, that that's what it's coming down to sometimes. Yeah, but I mean, the actual software that was running on that older infrastructure, oftentimes the business makes the call to, like, port it forward. Or have it completely rewritten, depending on which way is actually the most yes. viable and most efficient um, to the new architecture. So, for instance, um, I was part of a project that used to have, like, at the time, it was like, oh, we were written to be cloud native. Blah, blah, blah. And then AWS, over time, started offering newer and better things. And so being able to migrate that forward into something like, oh, this is this is a cluster of virtual machines. Oh, but it's elastic. Oh, but it auto scales. Oh, but it does this and that. And that, like even just moving it to a different architecture means you have to change the software and that that's already its own cluster of worms, let's just say. But I'm not saying that I'm excusing them for raising the prices. What I'm asking is, what kind of a price hike would you as a consumer be comfortable with? Honestly, like, here's the thing. I the Xbox Live and PlayStation, what is it, PlayStation Plus or PlayStation Now? I don't know what they call it. That is one of the reasons why I don't buy those consoles. Just straight mm-hmm. up. Yep. Literally, no subscription for using the internet that I already pay for right. is worth it. And I understand that you like, yeah, but you're paying for a service. And it's like, yeah, put bundle that into the price of the game. Exactly. If I'm paying like $80 Canadian or $60 American for a game, uh, they should have that their online figured out. I guess here's the thing. We're not trying yeah. to avoid answering your question. I think, first of all, there's an acknowledgement to be had about uh, everyone's personal situation could be different. Like, you know, if finan- what's financially acceptable. But Of course. Um, and, and and I will say that I think the timing is just terrible because we're at mm-hmm. we're at a time where like um, obviously pandemic still going on. People are recommended to stay at home, and gaming has been gaming's exploded over the past year because of the restrictions that have been p- placed. Like people who didn't really game as much before found mm-hmm. a reason to game. Uh, yeah. People who gamed normally still wanted to game more now because they were like, hey, there's even more like more reason to try and get some friends into it and and like it was a great time for that with the whole xbox thing raising their price bad timing people don't like in the u.s especially for example don't have money to really be paying extra for this sub uh, for this prescri- uh, prescription subscription uh and obviously just you're taking away a potential outlet for people's frustrations and sort of life uh like issues that they may be experiencing right now by raising mm-hmm. their price. I'm not saying that they were going to raise the price to a lot, but although double is pretty high. Double is a lot. That's pretty excessive. Yeah, like for anything. Like yeah. like if we said that Odafus was hiking their price double, 
that meant that would mean we're not we're not we're not just to make we are not just to make that clear and i i'm gonna go <laughs> so far as to say as we have no plans to uh hike it uh like double like that but like that would make our convention a three-digit uh pass for a three-day weekend which is not like there are events that are that are like that but we're not going to be one of them because we understand the importance of accessibility in the community we we still have to try and survive and, and make sure that we're above board in terms of you know all that stuff but it, it does come back again down to like microsoft and what kind of profitability that they're quote-unquote not seeing in order for them to try and make that push now again i think the timing is terrible is a big one that's like that's one that really miffs uh me and the, the other one is just when it comes to that actual answer for the price, like, I don't understand why they couldn't really just look at it as like 25% or 50% at the, at the most or whatever. Like, like you have to wonder why they quote unquote, are trying to be ambitious about that price. hike, Right. Yeah. They could have also just done it right with the launch of the Xbox five. Or the Xbox. <laughs> I don't even remember what the new Xbox is called. The Xbox PlayStation five, five Xbox one x series i don't fucking know their naming is awful what i'm sur- i i don't think it comes with i'm sure maybe in later packages it does but i'm surprised that buying you a console doesn't automatically get you a uh subscription well why would they do that when uh they can it do- you well it more? doesn't have to be like a lifetime subscription but it could be like a six month or two month or three month or one year whatever it may be they they would barely lose any money on that, and they've already. What about like started games that are multiplayer only? Yeah, right. like if you bought Call of Duty or whatever, right. uh, it should absolutely come with like a three month trial code or something. Yeah, I got I got a I got a trial code just for buying a Xbox controller for my PC. Really? Wow. Yeah. yeah that's wow. I don't know. I haven't redeemed it yet, actually. <laughs> but actually, I, I remember something about that. Microsoft sent me like a an Xbox Live on PC trial, something or other, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Wow, I don't fucking want that at all." It's not that I don't want to, but it's more like I don't need that more games. We've talked about this before. I already have too many things that I want to play that I don't need to add a library of stuff that I don't want to play. <laughs> yeah. Like there's very few games that come that pop right out at me that I I need from the Xbox Game Pass. Like the only one I can really think of is maybe Sea of Thieves, and I'd rather just own it. I don't really want to be part of subscription perpetually paying for it. But uh, as far as games that pop out of you go, how's uh, how's that Resident Evil Eight? The playable trailer, or as I used to call them, demos, which is short for demo. <laughs> Demonstration. Which means it comes from the Latin word demo to try something before you buy something. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure that was the Greek word for the people. Oh, like the 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 people play. I thought you were calling. I thought you. I thought it was like the democracy. No, no, that's the people rule. Oh. Anyway. Man, when you talk about it that way, that almost sounds like communism. It sure does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, I don't know. Have you guys seen it? Any any of the uh, art? I watched of the... one of the trailers. I didn't play. Right. I didn't play the playable demo. Uh, 
what is it about vampire ladies and consistently being sexy? I mean, that's the meme. That's the trope. I I think the setting looks amazing. Yeah, it's like 1800s sort of... That's that's not medieval. That's like... That's not even close to being medieval. Eight, a lot of the setting actually looks like uh, Resident Evil 4. 17 or 1800s but castle. But going even further back, yeah. Yeah, there's like some serious uh, like sort of gothic vibes to it a little bit. There's a ser- Exactly. Like there's a really good environment. And here's the thing. I have never played a Resident Evil. Not because I don't want to, but a lot like most of the time they used to be on PlayStations. I've never owned a PlayStation. And then Resident Evil 4 was on GameCube. Yes, I've never owned one of those either. Um and wow, I know that I know that they're on like PC now, but I was never really interested in the whole like um the Redfields or Leon or or any of those kind of characters, but they're kind of getting away from that. Like like I wanted to play seven, like I think it's RE7 Biohazard. I wanted to play that. I just haven't really gotten around to doing that. And eight really looks like one I would really want to actually get my hands on for sure, based on like the yeah. setting and and like the characters that we've seen very briefly. Like they haven't really shown any of like weaponry and how you like progress and defend yourself and stuff like that. But the setting alone pulls you in so much. I'm still gonna wait. I'm not like whenever it comes out on PC, I'm not gonna get it day one, but I am going to get it. It feels like. Fair enough. That's how compelling the trailer is. It's it's like PT levels of compelling, which means we're never gonna get it. Just kidding. No, this is Capcom, not Konami. I know. We safe. But yeah. Not exactly, but yeah. No, we'll be safe. But more safe than Konami. We'll be safe. Uh, but yeah, like I don't know. There's there's been a lot of gaming news recently, and that kind of covers a lot of them. I haven't I haven't seen a lot else come across i know nancy can't really play games right now still she's still waiting for her stop laptop reminding me while i'm just you know playing games on the regular it's nice it's nice <laughs> she's getting ready though have you have you figured out have you figured out what the eta is yet have they given you anything mm, two weeks after i dropped it off at the shop i called them and they said tech hadn't gotten to it yet. Will probably call me back in two days. Two days later, they didn't call me back. Two days after that, I called them, and they didn't call me back. And then after that, they called me back to say it's not uh, it's it's not getting looked at yet. Are you on the warranty Cringing program? On the inside. Like, uh, it's within the warranty. It's within. Yeah, because you've had this warranty. very very short. I feel like very like shortly. Yes. Like you've it's had it for like, like five. Months. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Uh, You've had it for four months, and two months they haven't been looking at it. Makes me sad. It does actually feel like it's been two months. Like, it's been gone for almost three weeks, and now right. I'm just just distraught Do you think this is typical of their sort of repair shop generally, or do you think it's exasperated by... Honestly, I don't know. Is this like I, I swear I swear that they were known for be having pretty good service here, but I don't right. know if this is typical. Yeah, I I, it's hard to say because they like they could have fewer technicians on at this time. They're, they they yeah. could see an influx because people are at home using their devices more often, which means that they could break more often. Maybe lots of little mm-hmm. things. But in the meantime, you're getting ready for when it comes back. I hear you're modifying and, and prodding and poking your your mechanical keeb. I 
Yes. That's yes, a I have it. Are those not in the it's know? It's a keeb. It's a keeb. Keeb. Um, <laughs> there's a couple things that, like, I really love my keyboard. I really do. But there are a couple things that it can be better at. And so I'm, I'm going to fix those things. I'm going to, um, I ordered some new stabilizers. Getting that lithium grease on the, uh, on the stabilizers. <laughs> Getting dielectric grease on everything. No, uh, that's, that's not what I'm doing. Um, dielectric my... grease on the chicken wings. <laughs> I'm imagining you literally eating chicken wings with dielectric grease on it, and it is just not a good, not a good imagination. Oh, God, gross. Really brings out the flavor. Oh. (laughs) That's it. Nancy's signing off. Good night. (laughs) Angela broke her brain. Oh, God. Okay. Um. So I, I have a mechanical keyboard, as you both know, as I think I've mentioned before. Um, and uh, about a month and a bit ago, I had a hand injury that was really hard to just like on all of the tendons in my hand. Oh. And I kind of found out that um, despite the fact that I absolutely loved that I had really, really heavy switches in my mechanical keyboard um they were just they were kind of a bit too much for that particular injury to to handle well so what i was gonna do is i was gonna go and replace uh the springs inside for something a little bit lighter um as well as uh replace the stabilizers because the stabilizers that come stock on that board are really rattly so like Usually that's the most apparent when you try hitting your space bar like on either end instead of anywhere near the center. You'll notice that it rattles a lot. And that's kind of a I'm, thing I'm you'll notice see. too on any of the longer keys. So like the, the longer shift on the right and the enter in the backspace. You'll notice it, especially if you're not, you're not hitting those in the center. You're kind of just hitting them with your pinky. I think my space bar is actually pretty good. Oh yeah, that's nice. Yeah. I was going from one side, and the whole the whole key was going down. Yeah. That's good. Um, mine, the stock stabilizers on that particular keyboard are just they're kind of you know they do the job, but they're they're rattly. So I'm just gonna take care of that while I'm while I'm taking the whole thing apart anyway. Um, if I'm gonna be putting new springs in there, I may as well, right? So you're are you actually like disassembling the switch then to change out the springs? I am. I'm gonna 3D print a switch opener. Wow. I, I would have just replaced the switch. Well, you could do that. I actually really like this particular housing and stem. Like, I really like the shape of the tactile stem on this one. So, Well, what uh, what kind of switch are they? Are they like cherries or tails? Or? They're Halo Trues. So it's an, and you can't a, just order a lighter switch on their own? Uh, Halo Trues don't come lighter. They are very heavy. Uh, these ones are almost, ah, I think, okay. 100 to bottom out. Uh, Holy the, cow. Yeah, but the actuation force is like 60. Uh, so it's it's a very stiff spring and it's a longer spring. So I'm going to put a slightly oh, shorter wow. spring in. It's about two millimeters shorter. And that's going to make it a little bit easier to start the actuation. And when you bottom mm-hmm. out, it won't be quite as heavy when, and it won't feel quite as cushiony, I guess. Jesus Christ, though, 100 grams to bottom out. You must to bottom have, like, out. The actuation is still around Fingers with fucking biceps on them. She has beefy, beefy digits. I really like typing on this thing. Like, it's so nice. But just, you know, hand injuries-wise, I could probably put 
different springs in them and it's fine um you're right i could have just gone and like bought whole new switches but buying springs is really cheap mm. yeah that's fair like a switch is like what a dollar fifty a piece maybe I would be surprised if like springs were like five cents a piece. Oh, not even. I'm buying yeah. like a bag of 120 springs, and I think it's less than five dollars. Oh, they're so cheap. But you know, it's I don't know. It'll be it'll be fun because I like doing things with my hands. So it'll be nice to just take all the keycaps off, clean everything out, take the switches out, and this it's on a uh, it's on a hot swap board, so I don't have to desolder them at least. Oh, so that's good. I'm jealous. And uh, what I need, actually, is to see if I can find a switch puller, because a keycap puller is all good and dandy, but you can't pull your switches out with them. Uh, So I'm going to have to just root around and see if I have one. If I don't, this might be a delicate operation of using a very fine screwdriver and just being really careful not to scrape anything up. Could you 3D print a switch puller? Switch pullers have to be really strong, and they have to be really, really, like, thin, flexible metal is usually how they come. Okay. And the reason... I'm pretty sure there are... I have one. There, You can have there, you can have ones that do both. I have one in my hand right now because it came with one of my keyboards. That's cool. But yeah, I That's pulled cool. keycap I think I only switches. have keycap pullers. I'm surprised... Uh, I'm, I'm just sort of surprised that you... That you don't have one just because to like, be fair i don't think i've had a reason to pull my switches out uh <laughs> ever so yeah you're right i could have just ordered some very expensive nice ones from zeal and and i would have just dropped a pretty penny on it but this one feels more like a project and i think angelo can understand when i say that yeah sometimes it's just nice when you make it literally yours yeah i'm i'm not frankenstemming at least I'm not, like, gonna Frankenstein my own switches together, which is how the Holy Pandas were made. Um, I actually do like these stems quite a bit, and the housing has caused me zero issues. Um, It's got the translucent one, so, you know, the RGB can shine through in all its proper glory. Nice. Looking forward to it. I want to... I've been looking to get... Like, on this this topic real quick, I've been looking to get artisan keycaps. They're bullshit expensive. But my god, (laughs) they are... They kind of... Like, $50 for one. Yeah, and it's like right now, all I want to do is replace my escape key because everything else is fine. If you ever start getting into fancy keycap sets, hit me up. The escape key is one thing. Like if it's like a sculpture keycap, I mean, yes. the escape key is great for that. Mm-hmm. But like if it was such a fancy yes. ass keycap where it's like sometimes they're like a little ocean scene or like they've got like cherry petals. like Oh, in the yeah, the resin ones with like the whole I feel like scene. replacing the W key with that would be good. Why the W key? Because yeah. it beckons you to go forward. It beckons you forward. That's poetic. I like that. Yes. He's saying that like he ever looks down at his keyboard for anything other than like picking I'm up I'm an absolute pleb. Of course I do. Do you? Oh, yeah. I'm bad. I, I do not touch type. I'm bad. I mean, I'm not going to shame you for that. Everyone seems to type their own way. Yeah. It's just going to be awful I, if I you ever to play type, type racing. by furiously typing MSN Messenger chats. Ah, yes. We should have a type racer race one day. I find, okay, it's not that I never look down at my keyboard, but it's like, I only look down at my keyboard if I can, for some reason, if I can see it, I will look at it sometimes. If I can't see it, I will never look at it and be super fine. But like, being, it being in like peripheral vision areas will make me look at it like maybe 10% of the time that I type. 
Do either of you ever type with your keyboard? I'm going to say in the lap area, but like what I mean is like either in your lap or no. in like a pull-out Hell keyboard no. tray under your desk. Hell no. Really? Every time I've had uh, a desk no. with those pull-out keyboards, I remove that fucking tray just immediately. I hate them so much. Is it because you're tall and you have long legs? Yes. Uh, well, having it in my lap is also not comfortable either. No? Like, I don't know. Like, well, it's too close to your body. How is it too and close you're to sort your of, body? You're sort of like your your elbow. Your no, but then your elbows sort of splay out. Like, like I don't know. It, it, like that's how I feel. Like, like it's not a good typing position for my arms. Okay. But there's also like, like you can talk about like anything, but but I think it also has to do with like the closer I try to keep my arms into my body. I'm not like I'm not even saying I'm super built or anything, but like my I feel like my biceps sort of get uncomfortably close to my body interesting like it gets a little squishy feeling i've been told that like ergonomics wise you want to if you're going to be at a desk all day which i know like you're not um but i am your, your elbows I are supposed sometimes. to be around 90 degrees and it's like okay well i'm short and i'm pretty little which means if i have my elbows at 90 degrees my hands rest pretty comfortably in my lap so i actually find that typing with my keyboard in my lap is pretty comfortable but I do realize that everyone is built differently. No wrist support. I don't need wrist support. I'm saying that, yeah, whether you need it or not, I'm saying that there is, like, demonstrably a lack of wrist support. I have a little beanbag for wrist support when I'm playing FPS games. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, like, if, yeah, that's the other thing. If I'm playing games on a keyboard, like, especially, like, an FPS, no. No way would I ever play that with, uh with a keyboard in my lap or that'd be hard like, if the keyboard's on a little keyboard tray underneath i don't know if that's necessarily something i would care about but i definitely wouldn't do it on my lap because again it's, it's about bringing like i want like like I, I bring you to like the idea of for example the chair that you would use uh, at your office and it presumably has arms and then you 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 like whether it's you know home office or whatever and you just like you rest your elbows on the, the, your armchair and then sort of where my arms go past that makes sense to reach the keyboard right but if it's in my lap it's sort of just like i don't know i'm doing it right now like where i'm putting my hands in my lap and my elbows are still on the uh, arms and if i were to extend my keyboard out to here i would be like nah would not do i've i've gotten on without having armrests like on a daily basis while working for the last nine months it's been an interesting shift oh apparently i just don't miss it no i was just thinking that i don't think i've had an an office chair without um armrest for i don't know 10 years maybe more but i can get it like sort of you just like if i didn't have them yeah you just sort of evolved to not really think about it yeah. change your behaviors a little bit yep but I, apparently, With I just there, don't miss them. it's nice. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Everybody has like very different uh, personal ergonomics when it comes to how they game and how they sit at a computer. So, I always find it interesting to see what people find their most comfortable. Because like, there's there's a guy at work. We had standing desks at the office. I know that he likes to stand, but he also likes to raise his desk so that it's at like chest height almost. And he will prop his elbows up on his desk. Is he a T-Rex? It's just, it doesn't look comfortable to me, but he does it every day. It must work for him. That 
Just imagine what he looks like typing. That sounds ridiculous. With If the desk and keyboard wasn't there. So he's just there with his hands up to close to his chest level. And he's just wriggling his fingers. <laughs> just aggressively <laughs> typing. <laughs> anyway, if you know any uh, cheap keycap... <laughs> companies or something like that send me send me their uh, info i want to i want to get some cool artisan keycaps for my cool keyboard but expensive as hell i have an actual keycap set for sale it's just it won't look good on your board because you have a whiteboard i sure do i only want like i do want artisanal keycaps but i just wish they were 50 dollars each 20 dollars i would do 30 dollars i would consider 50 dollars i'm sorry i can't do that imagine covering an entire 110 key keyboard artisan keys. Right? That'd be so expensive. It would almost be worth more than my car. That's literally like, it'd be like six or seven, it'd be almost the price of my computer. Oh my god, I just, okay, so uh, Jay's uh, keyboard is is predominantly white themed. I just imagined what it would look like if you had uh, the fancy artisanal bronze keys. Like, as an entire set. It would just be, like, bronze, Ooh. shiny keycaps, and then, like, the white frame around it. And I'm just like, that would actually look really good. I would let... I would... I, as long as the uh, actual lettering, or whatever you want to call it... The legend. Would be, yeah, w- the legend would be uh, translucent. So you can let white light shine through. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I would love to do that. That would also make it so much more expensive. Anyway, I'm sure everyone's tired of us talking about keyboards. No, they're not. So screw them, we're ending the episode. If we can't talk about keyboards, we're not talking about anything at all, okay? <laughs> That's what you get. Goodbye? No. <laughs> Keep bye. That's the most aggressive ending we've ever had. Goodbye. G- good night. Get out of here. Till next time. <laughs> <laughs>